I would like to share with you a, a couple of thoughts. I met uh, uh, Doreen more, more than 10 years ago. I was an art student, and uh, at, as many art students in the early 90s, was very influenced by uh, Deleuze and came from Deleuze to Bergson and started to enjoy much more uh, polyphonic uh, ways of thinking and, uh, you know, needing uh, more gravity. We needed tools to, uh, let's say, tie into more political systems. We needed doing tools. We needed, let's say, verbalizations of problems that felt emotionally a part of you know, the world in which we live. Uh, so in a sense, a number of people, uh, Doreen and Chantal uh, certainly as well, it became important to kind of, let's say, suggest that the quality of space uh, was in a, a much more complex way than when we went to school uh, to be investigated, and through that one could find a particular, let's say, potentials. This, I hope, uh, has uh, inspired a body of work, uh, or I think has inspired a body of work. Let me just mention, before we bring on the first picture, I have a few pictures I want to show you. When I came in sitting down uh, roughly in, uh, somewhere in the first talk, I sat down over there at the back, and it struck me just to kind of suggest a way, uh, or uh, give you a little tool of how I think. I, I was struck by the fact that the white screen or the white wall behind us was curved on, on, on the top, as you see. And I don't, know, I don't know whether it works the same way for all of you, But when I sat, sat down and I, I thought to myself, well, isn't that funny for the, the Geographical Institute? They would have a, a curving wall. So I didn't look at the wall being flat for me. It, for some reason, uh, sitting over there probably seemed you know, curving. And I thought, isn't that funny that you would project a flat two-dimensional two image in this house in particular, and it would be kind of somewhat you know, three-dimensional, you know, kind of radiantly uh, kind of throwing, and you were sitting somehow around the image, until it struck me that it's not actually curved, the wall. It is, in fact, flat. Uh, and this, of course, just took like one or two seconds uh, as, as you sit down. <laughs> it is, in fact, flat, but it's an arch because the blue line above it then shows you clearly uh, looking for more than a second. It's an arch. Oh, and I said, oh, it's just a white wall as anything else. And then, I, and then I thought, not getting into the first talk, I'm sorry. Then I thought, how do I, how would I know that it was flat had I not looked at the blue? Because I was interested in when is it you know, flat, representational, I could say. When is it curved and spatial? When is it, you know, when does it have a body and when is, does it not? So I said, well, if I would walk in the kind of periphery of the space, I could see it by the time it takes for me to walk from there. The change in the geometry to the space would tell me that this is not a curved wall, this is a flat wall, because, it's the, you know, it would change accordingly. You being geographers, of course, knows this very well. But just, <laughs> but just... But just the fact that, and, and this is in a sense nothing new in this way, but it has become something new. The fact that temporality would be so generous to us, the fact that we can use the time it takes for you to experience something as a tool to kind of measure the surroundings and engage in them. Do you see the potential in this, not just being a formal exercise, but but actually reevaluating what does it mean to have a body and what does it mean to have you know, relationships uh, with spatial uh, entities. So having said this, let me just bump through, if we can turn the first uh, slide on. Let me just bump through, uh, that's the second. So the first one, that's an activist-like lookalike. Right? It's an action. I flew to Stockholm with a bag of green dye and dumped it in Strömmen, running through downtown Stockholm roughly 10 years ago, uh, dyeing the river uh, green. 
And making it short, obviously most Scandinavian cities like the rest of Europe have, ha have had an obsession with turning their cities into museums, you know, regulating any sense of temporality out of the city. And as we know, a river is a great kind of uh, trajectory of uh, temporality, not just the kind of way the water flows, but also because it used to be the trade route and so on and so forth, as Doreen has told us. So I thought, why don't I put some temporality back in the town, at least for a couple of hours, which it takes for this green, non-toxic dye to run through the city, and so on and so forth. And the next day in the paper, the, pa the police had calmed down people calling the police, asking for the green collar, and the police had said that there was a leak in the governmental heating system, which is right, right on that first picture. <laughs> so in Sweden, as we know, the regulatory ambition has an answer for everything, and the kind of uh, state of calmness was uh, quickly established uh, in, in, in this, uh, in this uh, way. But going from there, it's a, this is an EU-funded project in Utrecht, which is very flat, the west side of Utrecht, an uh, extra sun setting. And, uh, of course, the west side of town where all the not-so-fortunate uh, uh, midtown kind of uh, uh, toasters live, they, they would see this side of the sun. Uh, and, and, and clearly the representation deprived from time or the sun not moving, at least. Uh, in this case, uh, this is then coming into the city also. But, but from the downtown, you would have this sort of billboard-like, which is very much the destiny of downtown and the economy of facades and representations and the renderings of houses, you know, the facade. And obviously, the more generous side is, is in fact, this, because there you are simply uh, shared with the basic fact that it is a construction. It's not, you know, another bloody sun. It's, in fact, uh, just a construction, which led on to this project at the Ted Turbine Hall. Um, and this is... Uh, I, I, Chancel sometimes has talked about an agonistic, agonistic space where there was, within a frame of reference, a re-evaluation of the rules by which you organize yourself. And of course, the, the, um, it, was it was unpredicted by me as well, but the whole setup turned into quite an interesting experiment for which Dorian was also involved uh, uh, in writing and, and uh, lecturing at the time, which was the first time I actually uh, talked Dory into finally doing something with, with me. Uh, and look at this uh, different kind of, um, um, you know, social uh, organization, school kids uh, trying to spell out things and have a... So it's a little community. Let me suggest it being a community where uh, kind of... Where, where, where you could kind of combine uh, the sort of uh, idea of being together or having, you know, a social frame of reference and yet uh, a very generous and, and non-normative uh, uh, tolerance of other people doing something else than yourself. So in a sense, that was a very successful parliament, you could say, considering the kind of very uh, kind of normative uh, idea of how, what a EU, uh, European parliament has become today, at least. In that sense, it was very successful. Look at this couple there, a London couple. And I'm sorry, they're looking through a camera. How sad is that on top of it? But anyway, they're looking at themselves through a camera. And look at her. her look at what she does now with her head. She's just checking whether, oh, whether it's really her. <laughs> So if you think about a museum, isn't that totally interesting? And of course, most museums, 
most museums are not like that because they do not necessarily uh, follow uh, the talks of uh, Doreen in the sense that they have also become they have also become power systems. They have also become stigmatizing, and they have been obsessed by their own representation. They have become very paradoxical in the sense they talk about reflexivity and experience, and yet they are so normative in the way they treat people and the way they kind of pedagogically try to tell people about essentiality and you know essentialist rules about how you how to be good and bad and so on. So, so this obviously is very important and why I try to suggest that in this project, temporality, and Dorian also wrote a little piece of this at the Serpentine uh, um, pavilion in front of it. In front of the Serpentine, uh, Serpentine gallery, they have these pavilions every once in a while. And I did one with a Norwegian architect called Ketil Thorsen. And temporality was supposed to be the, the main issue, and we had a laboratory with a kind of a you know, very weird mix of, of uh, thing, people uh, talking, and, um, but of course the inside, the, the talks became the kind of vehicle for the activity uh, or, or the idea of the building, so the content would somehow, uh, let's say, generate the form, and the building itself would just be a kind of a ramp or a kind of temporal uh, idea allowing people to walk through. The last picture I want to show is a picture that is just from a project last year. It's interest, for me a very exciting project because it's a waterfall and I like waterfalls. And, and um, obviously uh, New York being what it is and the skyline of New York being what it is, I have this sort of uh, the legacy and the burden of this incredible, uh, you know, uh, in one sense great space and the other sense uh, stigmatized space, especially due to, the, let's say, the American pragmatism of, of dealing with what does actually constitute a notion of public. And uh, this uh, project I did in close co collaboration with uh, Michael Bloomberg, and then over the course of the time I got to know Michael quite well. Uh, and clearly, uh, we had very different points of view about what art is and does to a city. But nevertheless, the challenge, um, which, which one could call a kind of a fiction, uh, I think succeeded because regardlessly of how much the city had invested in depriving my project from time, in the sense of making it into a branding or sort of a logo or somehow a spectacle, as spectacles has very little uh, temporality, one could say, uh, or Dorian says. Um, the, 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 obviously, the, the, the kind of friction that I had with the mayor was very, was very inspiring in the sense that I thought, well, one thing he can is probably communicated wrong, but the water's going to keep falling. The water doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? So I could, in my contract, say that you cannot do a press image of the piece. I, will don't, I don't want any paper image. Of course, it didn't work. But, but you see, I can, I can, as an artist, I can use the tools that, in this case, I say it like this, Doreen gives me to kind of make sure that the socializing potential, if you want to call it that, which is maybe limiting also, but the kind of generosity of the project stays within my hands. And I don't see uh, any danger in then, um, you know, uh, testing it out because I not only do I speak for myself, I also have the, uh, you know, the, the extra uh, uh, um, comrade uh, on my side, which is my work, which is the waterfall and the waterfalls. So it does have time. And it, if, as you know, waterfalls with roughly the same speed being geographers everywhere. So looking at it, you also see how far away it is. You know, because far away, big wa the waterfall falls slower and closer, it falls faster, and so on. So you see the distance between you and you and there. So finally, I want to say that I have just 
um, become a professor at the University in Berlin, uh, suggesting to opening an institute uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, in the spirit of uh, some of the thoughts that I've been going through, which has been very much inspired by Doreen, uh, and it's called the Institute of, institute of Spatial Experiments. And uh, one of the uh, first people to, to speak is, in fact, a cosmologist who, the, uh, and the whole idea uh, Doreen also introduced me for, it's not a cosmologist you introduced me for, but a different <laughs> one, and, uh, 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 and a dance, and, uh, uh, you know, a Cold, War, um, a Cold War cybernetics guy and a act social activist. So those four people together is, an, is a, you know, very poor attempt, I'm sure, but nevertheless an attempt to put uh, together you know, time in, and space and, you know, the body in, 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 a, uh, in a social uh, context uh, all in one in terms of uh, founding, you know, uh, founding a new institute. It's a public school, which I'm very proud about. So uh, thank you for that, Doreen. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.